Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And today we're going to be breaking down the Clippers seeding games, the eight game slate that will determine their seeding heading into the 2020 playoffs in the Orlando bubble. Uh, the games were announced on Friday evening and the Clippers were one of the winners. Uh, they did have, so the way it's still kind of unclear how this was all calculated. Um, a, a part of it was based on the remaining schedule and then the NBA made some tweaks because as we've previously discussed, you know, just because one team's game, eighth game was against, you know, team X, maybe that team's, you know, that was their sixth game or that was their 10th game. And there's just discrepancies in the schedule. So the league had to make some uh, adjustments. They obviously favored certain matchups and, you know, that kind of is obvious with the, the opening night matchup of, of the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, but they, they kind of took the shell, the skeleton of the remaining schedule, kept it largely intact, but made some tweaks around the fringes. Uh, so for the Clippers, that was five of the, the same games that were in their next eight with, with three differences. And heading into this and, and kind of projecting what the Clippers schedule was going to be based on their next eight, they had the third easiest schedule in the league with only the New Orleans Pelicans and Philadelphia 76ers having an easier schedule. Coming out of this, they are tied for fifth easiest schedule in the league with the Boston Celtics. Uh, So the Brooklyn Nets and the Sacramento Kings surpassed the Clippers in terms of their schedule lightening up. um, and Or their schedules actually got harder, but not as hard as the Clippers. So the, the Clippers were, in a way, a slight loser, uh, in just that their schedule got harder and they dropped from uh, you know third easiest schedule left to tied for fifth. But in the grand scheme, it could have been worse. They could have had more, even more difficult opponents. Um, you know, because the Clippers are a marquee team in the NBA. You know, they did. They are now facing the Lakers, and and that that is going to be a, a very tough game, especially for an opening night where it's almost like the first preseason game, except this actually counts for something. Um, but it could have been worse. You know, they could have had to play the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Rockets, or the the Lakers, Bucks, and, and Sixers, or Celtics, or the the league could have stacked the deck a bit and, and made it some more marquee games, and they didn't. Um, so I think them coming, you know, yes, th- going from three to five is a slight downgrade. Uh, but a lot of teams, you know, moved up or down in, in terms of strength of schedule. And um, there were teams that had it worse than the Clippers. You know, the, the Clippers had the eighth uh, biggest drop in, in terms of their, their schedule uh, becoming harder. The L- Lakers were first. The Lakers uh, went from, you know, the 18th or actually, sorry, uh, the, the fifth easiest schedule to having actually the third hardest schedule. So that would be, uh, I guess, the 20th. Um, you know, easiest schedule. So the Lakers actually were the team that that suffered the most. And, and in comparison, for, you know, for, for, to the Clippers, Clippers went from third to fifth. Uh, again, Lakers went from uh, fifth to to twentieth. So that, that that's a precipitous drop. And you know, if you were a Laker fan, you'd, you'd probably be upset about that. Although they do have a five and a half game lead uh, as the number one seed. So overall, the Clippers did have the eighth biggest drop. Um, but so in a way, you could maybe say they're a loser. But to me, it was just looking at like what happened to the Lakers and, and some of the other teams. I just felt like 
you know, Miami also was another team that, that suffered a lot. Houston, Portland, Toronto, like some of these teams had it worse than the Clippers. And I think for the Clippers, like, yes, again, going from three to five it is a drop, but you still have one of the five easiest schedules in Orlando out of the 22 teams. And that to me is still a win. So from my perspective, the Clippers remain the favorite for the number two seed, especially in comparison. If you look at Denver now has the fourth toughest schedule in uh, Orlando. Houston has the eighth. Oklahoma City has the ninth. Uh, Utah's more in the middle at 14. Um, Dallas has Dallas is also in the middle at 15. But I, I think you know Dallas is already at, at more of a deficit at the seventh seed. Utah lost Boyan Bogdanovich, and you know obviously had some stuff with with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So you don't know how their chemistry is going to be. So I, I think the Clippers, I, really to me, it would be Houston or Denver would be the biggest threats to potentially you know take the two seed from them. And both of those teams have you know are bottom eight in in terms of uh, strength of schedule difficulty. So I think the Clippers are in the driver's seat for the number two seed. And people have asked on me on Twitter, why is that important? What you know, seedings don't really matter. There isn't home court advantage. They they don't even have anything really in place to uh, you know boost home court. Um, you know, they were talking about some stuff of like an extra foul for a player or um, starting each quarter with possession and stuff like that, that some of the better teams are throwing out that, that they wanted. Um, but it does matter because to me, look, just, I mean, as the two seed, though you technically will not have home court advantage over most likely the three seed in, in the conference semifinals, you will be playing a worse team in the first round. And for as good as Dallas is, and even though they have the third best net rating in the West and are the seventh seed somehow, which is kind of weird, um, I think with this eight-game slate and everything kind of playing out, whoever does drop to seven, whether it's Dallas staying in seven, whether it's OKC or Houston dropping there, maybe Utah falls off without Bogdanovich, like however that plays out, that is going to be a team that is somewhat struggling. You know, maybe so- someone goes out with COVID or someone gets injured or they have multiple guys stay home. Whatever the reason is, if you are the seven seed, you know, entering the playoffs after this eight game stretch, I think as the Clippers, you would want to play that team because that team did not have as good of a of a seeding game stretch as some of the other teams. So, for example, Dallas could get hot and move up, and in which case, let's say OKC or Houston drops. Like maybe on paper, you'd rather play Dallas than. OKC or Houston, but if those two teams are struggling, or again someone's injured, so people aren't coming uh, to, to the bubble, like you probably want to play that team because that team ended up dropping down to seven. So I do think that while maybe in in the second and, and third rounds uh, and even the finals, home court will not necessarily help the Clippers as, as a two seed. It will certainly help in the first round, and, and you with the way Orlando set up, it, it really is going to be a war of attrition of staying healthy, you know, just, ha- I mean, having your guys not test positive, having your guys not get injured. Um, it- it's really going to be like who is is mentally resilient. Um, everyone's going to have some level of adversity, again, whether it's players staying home, uh, whether it's players getting injured, players testing positive and having to quarantine, like it, it is going to be a mess to, to an extent. And I think anything you can do to make that process easier for yourself, uh, including having an easier first round opponent, uh, I think is going to be vital to, you know, if the, if 
the Clippers can have a four or five game series in the first round versus potentially a six or seven game series. Like it sounds like one or two games, but that really can have a huge impact on you. And, um, you know, and then also at the same time, like I think it is a little bit better for them to have a slightly tougher schedule just because you don't want to be playing a bunch of lottery teams heading into the playoffs. Like, you know, with all this time off that they've had, you know, it's going to be almost four months by the time they, they restart games. Like you do want to kind of get back into regular season mode, get things going. Um, so a, a quick rundown of the schedule, they play the Lakers, then they play the Pelicans, then they play the Suns, then they play the Mavericks. Then they have a Trailblazers Nets back to back. Then they play the Nuggets. Then they play the Thunder. So, all these teams theoretically have stuff to play for. Um, you know, the Lakers obviously is, is the opening night. That is going to be the marquee game. That's really going to set the tone for Orlando. Um, I think it's smart to kind of start with with this type of game. Uh, as things were slated, the Clippers were not going to play the Lakers again until the playoffs if they ended up meeting. So the league was kind of smart to schedule this. Um, I think it's going to kick things off the right way and it's going to get us talking. You know, we're, we're getting the fourth Battle LA matchup. It's either going to be the Lakers tying it or the Clippers going up 3-1. Either way, I think that's going to be good for ratings and interest around the NBA. Uh, then you got the Pelicans, who are a, a young, exciting team, a team that is trying to get into that eight-seed uh, battle with, with Memphis. Um, so they're playing for a lot. The Clippers have not played Zion yet. You got the Suns, who are you know mathematically probably the least likely team to make the postseason. Uh, but that's a team that's frisky. It's still only their third game. So Phoenix might still be you know technically in the playoff picture so that that is the easiest game on paper but I don't think it's necessarily easy you got Dallas which is a potential playoff matchup uh you know playoff preview and, and Dallas is 0-2 in the season series so they're going to want to at least get one up on the board if, if they're potentially playing the Clippers uh you got the Portland Brooklyn back to back you know the big storyline there is is Kawhi Leonard going to be playing um is he going to rest one of the two is he going to play in both you know, what's the status with his knee? Is he still on the injury management protocol? Um, you know, Portland is another team similar to New Orleans that's trying to get into that eight seed. Uh, the, the Nets might be down. Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, multiple guys there. Uh, they could be fighting for their playoff lives at that point. Then you got Denver, which is probably the second biggest game uh, on this uh, you know schedule just because they are the direct competitor for the three seed. And at that point, uh, it might be settled where the Clippers are kind of safe at two or Denver might be right behind them. And, and that could be a pivotal game in determining the seating. Then you got OKC, which is another game where OKC is most likely going to be fighting for playoff seating. So they're going to have something at stake at that point. The Clippers will probably know if they're the two seed, if they're the three seed, where they are. Um, but I, I think the, the good thing with this schedule, it's still relatively light compared to because at this point, all, most of the 22 teams are good, right? Like you got 16 playoff teams, the, the top six lottery teams, like most of these teams, this isn't the Bulls and the Hawks and, and um, the, the Warriors. And like, these are qual relatively quality teams for the most part. So the fact that they still have the fifth easiest schedule, um, it got a little bit harder, but I, I do think, I mean, looking at this, I don't see any way the Clippers go worse than like five and three, um, you know, barring, a major injury, you know, Kawhi or PG sitting out, one of those two testing, uh, you know, positive for COVID during the stretch. Like if if all things are relatively equal and they're healthy, uh, I do think the Clippers go at least five and three, if not six and two, or maybe even seven and one, you know, with the way they're playing going to the break. Obviously, the momentum is gone. The continuity is relatively gone. But 
they're going to have this next month to kind of ramp up for that. So I'm curious what you guys think. Um, you know, let me know in the tweets to this show. Uh, let me know on the athletic, let me know on Instagram, what you guys think about the Clippers projected record, what you think about it being a, a little bit more challenging. Is that a pro? Is that a con? Would you rather them just rack up the wins, secure the two seed and, um, just kind of coast into the playoffs, or do you think it's better for them to actually have some type of, you know, challenge heading into uh, the postseason and, and some of the the benefits that may come of that? Um, but again, I, I just think that the Clippers are in the driver's seat for the number two spot. Um, you know, they have a one and a half game advantage over the Nuggets, a three game advantage over the Jazz, and a four game advantage over the Thunder and Rockets with only eight games remaining and the Clippers having the easiest schedule of that entire group, uh, I, I do think barring a catastrophe, which of course can happen in Orlando. I mean, we still don't know officially who's playing, who's not playing. Um, we can't predict injuries. We can't predict who's going to test positive for COVID. Um, you know, a lot can change, but as things currently stand with the current information that we have available to us, I do think that, the Clippers should be the heavy favorites to be the two seed. Uh, that that Denver game will be very important. The Laker game will be very important. Um, even the OKC and, and Dallas games will also be important. I mean, they're all important, but those games will have an impact on seeding. They will have an impact on the perception of the Clippers. Uh, you know, they are somewhat of barometers of, of where they're at heading into the postseason. Because again, we have no idea what this team is going to look like. We have no idea what any team is really going to look like. Um, you know, there's going to be players sitting out there's going to be injuries there's going to be uh players having to you know test positive and in, in quarantine for 10 to 14 days like this is going to be uh a, a wild um you know kind of journey through the the three months uh, of orlando and I, I think whoever can come out of it is going to be the the deeper and, and the the more mentally tough team i mean there's just no way around it where you can't survive in Orlando, I think, if if you don't have those advantages. So that's where I think the Clippers have some advantages over other teams as one of the deepest teams in the league. I think looking at their potential, um, you know, playoff rotation and, and just the depth of the roster, like this team is a legit 12, 13 deep. Uh, I think they have up to 13 guys you can probably trust somewhat in a playoff game, which not many other teams in the league can boast. So, you know, I, I think there's maybe three or four other teams that could come close to that. So um, I, I do think, you know, again, this is going to be a war of attrition. The Clippers are well equipped to handle it. And I think at the very worst, they should go four and four uh, in Orlando. But really, to me, it's somewhere in the five to, you know, five and three to seven and one range. Um, and of course, things are going to change. This is all based on what we currently know. Who knows? A, a Clipper could drop out. Uh, you know, recording this on June 30th, a Clipper could drop out by the July 1st deadline. Someone could get injured in training camp. Um, someone, someone could have, you know, gotten in in worse shape or, or fallen off a bit, or uh, someone could have maybe improved something uh, or gotten in better shape during kind of the the uh, you know hiatus and and be better equipped to, you know, maybe impress his doc and, and practicing and training camp. Like we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get into it soon with, with the rotation and, and what I think about it. Um, what I would do versus probably what I think doc's going to do. But 
Uh, I think this is all fascinating. Uh, the Clippers will restart practice tomorrow on, on or actually today, if you're listening to this, uh, on July 1st. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're going to talk to Doc and um, kind of get a read of, of what's going on, what his expectations are, what the situation with Kawhi is. Uh, so be on the lookout for that uh, on Twitter, on The Athletic. Um, and thank you, as always, for listening. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. It's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. And as always, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, I don't know what you're doing, but I hope you'll give us a shot. You can go to theathletic.com slash Clip City to help out this podcast. You could also go to the Clipper section, subscribe off one of my articles to help me out. Um, but definitely check that out. We always have different deals and promotions going on, uh, different free trials, different discounts. So just be out, you know, be on the lookout for that on Twitter and stuff. But I appreciate you listening. Uh, I will potentially be back later in the week, depending on what happens with practices, if any news comes out of that. If not, I will be back next week to update uh, and kind of give a broader perspective on where the Clippers are at, what's going on, and kind of starting to look ahead towards some of the seeding stuff and, and some of the playoff stuff. So thank you as always. I'll talk to you soon.